Hallelujah. Well, who's got their Bible today? Wendy does. Okay, good. I want you to hold up your Bible. Let's make a good confession of faith. Say this. This is my Bible. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I boldly confess that I will be taught the Word of God today. My mind is alert. and My heart is ready to receive. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know how many people come to church across the country, across the world, across this town, and don't expect anything? Amen. Because they've been taught by tradition that you don't say anything, that you don't participate, and you be quiet and reverent. Well, you know, being quiet and reverent, reverence in God may be that you get up and dance. Reverence in God may be you run around the building, that you shout. And so we say this again, that this is an interactive service, and if you feel like praising the Lord, you can praise the Lord. You know, I grew up in a church, you might have heard one person grunt in the corner, and you think, well, did they say amen, or what was that? Amen. We, we didn't hear any of that. Turn in your Bible this morning to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. And let's look in verse 19. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for every heart that's read, receptive, every mind that's alert. Lord, we just thank you that you change us from glory to glory. Lord, that we purpose to be doers of the word, not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. Notice it says, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. The same thing spiritually. If you want to be filled, if you want to increase, you're going to get there. You shall be filled with the increase of your lips, with the increase of the words of your mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. See, some people have, have emphasized this a little bit wrongly, and they've, they've turned it around and they've said, the power of death and life are in the tongue. But it's not. It's death and life are in the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So, Death and life are wrapped up in the words we speak. Death and life. Have you ever heard people talking death? I, haven't, I actually haven't heard it in a long time, but you know, you hear people say it. They say something, oh, it just scared them to death. Why? The enemy wants to program people to death. 
He wants to program them to, to, to speak words that are not life. To speak words that are going to cause death to operate in their life. <clears throat> and so, what are you saying today? Our words define us. How many would agree that your words define you? See, one of the things that words do is they set the boundaries for your life. There's an imaginary fence around your life that you can only go so far. You know, have you ever seen like a dog? And there's that imaginary, that electric fence you can't see. It may be in the ground or whatever. They're only going to go a certain piece. Who's ever been stung by an electric fence? I have. Oh, boy. And, I mean, I've heard that the ones that are like string, those are really bad. But um, <clears throat> at least the ones I've seen, they're orange, so <laughs> you can see those. But, but the one I had was a wire, and, and I got on, it got on the back of my leg, and, boy, it stung. <clears throat> and, um, but, you know, what that does is it, it keeps animals in. It keeps different things. Uh, we had like a garden or something like that, and so that's when my dad had electric fence. But words are the same thing. They are a fence around your life. When you say, I can't do it, then what's going to happen? I can't do it. Then, then fear comes up. Fear and unbelief bind you and imprison you. So you are a product today of the words you've spoken. So even now today, where you are at, you are where you are today because of the words from yesterday. Isn't that comforting? So if you, if you don't like where you are, change it. Change it. Now, one of the most insidious teachings in, in the church, and I think it has been very damaging. Now, hold, hold on. Let me explain it when I say it. Is that of the sovereignty of God. People don't even know what they say. God is sovereign. God is, you know, people put on their religious voice, God is sovereign. And so what they're saying is God is in control. God has everything under control. But, you know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that Satan is the God of this world. So if we look in the world in this world where we're at, God is not in control. See how quiet it gets when you say that? <clears throat> because if God was in, truly in control, there would be no murders, there'd be no abortions, there'd be no crime, there would be no sickness, disease, poverty. God is in control in his kingdom. And so the kingdom of God is the king where the king has dominion. And so we're in the kingdom of God. So in our lives, he has that authority. He has that rule as we allow him to. As we allow him to be the king, the Lord of lords of our life. <clears throat> and so um, even when you say the word insidious, I even looked that word up. Very subtle with harmful effects. 
See, what, what happens when people say God is sovereign is I have no choice in the matter. Because God's going to do what God's going to do. That's what people think. They, they think, well, you know, you, you can take any subject. So, so if, if that's true that God's going to do what he's going to do, then why pray? Because God's going to do what he's going to do. But I want you to know that God has given us choice in life. Look in Deuteronomy chapter 28. <clears throat> we, did a, we did some articles a few years ago in the paper, and I even, I even put that in an article, and I said, um, and just addressed some of that about you choose in life. And that God is not sovereign in the sense that he controls everything. The next week, someone put an article in the same paper and said, God is sovereign. So they didn't like what I said. Why? Because religious tradition is hard to break. Deuteronomy 28, look at this, in verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently... Unto the voice of the Lord your God. That sounds like that's some effort. That sounds like it's not going to just fall on us. Like Brother Higgins used to say, people think that, you know, they're going to walk and their life is going to be like cherries off a tree. Right? Ripe cherries fall off a tree and they're going to float down life on flowery beds of ease. But there's a fight sometimes. And so he says, if you hearken diligently, unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe to do all his commandments which I command you this day that the Lord will set you on high above all nations of the earth. So that's the will of God. That God would set us on high on, above all nations. But notice there's a stipulation here. It's that little word I-F. If. If you do this, I'm going to do that. How many with kids? You use the word if. If you do this, Johnny, then we'll do this. If you clean your room, then we might can go get some ice cream. I mean, my kids, if you mention that, boy, you've never seen such scurrying. <laughs> they, they run, and it's like, oh, my goodness. They, you didn't know if they had it in them, and it's, it's like warp speed. Hey, we'll take you to the rec center if you do this. And boy, it's like quick. <clears throat> well, God is the same way. If you, if you do this, he already has his will that he wants to bless us, but based upon the condition. And so look over at verse 15. He talks about all these blessings, but then in verse 15, he says this, but it shall come to pass if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe all of his commandments and statutes which I command you this day, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. We see that in the book of Joshua 24, 15, where he says, you know, he, had gone, he said, if you're going to serve Baal, just serve Baal. But if you're going to serve God, you serve God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. <clears throat> and so you have to make a decision. You have to make a choice. And so... It's our choice. And he says, if you won't hearken, if you read the rest of this chapter, it's all these curses are going to come upon you. 
turn over a couple of chapters in Deuteronomy 30. <clears throat> See, there's a lot more that's left up to us than we ever realized. Do you know that the answers to your prayers more depend on you than it is God? John 15 says, chapter um, 15, 1 through 7, he's talking about abiding in the vine. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. But notice the word you is in there five times. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and shall be done unto you. Well, somebody said, well, maybe it's not the will of God. Well, that's why you're supposed to abide in the word. So you'll know the will of God. So you won't ask for something that's not God's will. People say that all the time. Well, it may not be God's will if I ask. Well, if you're abiding in the word and that word's abiding in you, you're not going to ask something that's not his will. So, verse 1, Deuteronomy 30. And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you. And you shall call them to mind among all the nations whither the Lord your God hath driven thee. And shall return unto the Lord your God and shall obey his voice according to all that I command you this day. You and your children with all your heart and with all your soul. That then the Lord your God, say then, that then the Lord your God will turn your captivity. Remember what the Bible said in, in the book of Job. The Bible says that, that he turned again the captivity of Job and went after he prayed for his friends. So sometimes you have to do something and then after something's going to happen. The Bible says, forgive and you shall be forgiven. Give and it shall be given. Then the Lord your God will turn your captivity and have compassion upon you and will return and gather you from all the nations whither the Lord your God hath scattered thee. So notice that we have a choice. We have a choice. Look in verse 11. <clears throat> For this commandment which I command you this day, it is not hidden from you, neither is it far off. It's not in heaven that you should say, who shall go up to heaven or who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is nigh you, in their mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. We just read the um, Romans chapter 10. What did he say in there? He said that the word is nigh you, even in your heart and in your mouth, that if you would say, that if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. So notice when you get born again, you don't have to climb a mountain. You don't have to scale a wall. You don't have to do some hard deed. You don't have to walk on nails. What do you do? You climb, you, you go right to the word. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart. Same way with other, every other blessing of God. How do I receive from God? I believe in my heart. I say it with my mouth. How do I get my healing? Believe in my heart, receive it, and confess it with my mouth. How do I get provision? Well, you just never know. Well, maybe God's in a bad mood. Well, maybe, um, 
if I do better? No, you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth. Then these blessings shall come upon you. So he says, the word is nigh you, even your mouth and your heart that you may do it. Keep reading. See, I have set before you this day life and good and death and evil. In that I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God shall bless you in the land whether you go to possess it. But if, you, if your heart turns away, see, we see this all throughout. If you love your Lord, the Lord your God with all your heart, it's going to be well. <clears throat> but if you turn your heart away so you will not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. You know, many people have many gods. I, I see, you know, I see many, many gods on the, on the way to church sometimes. It could be the boat God. It could be the wash the car on Sunday morning God. It could be walk the dog on. And people miss out on all kinds of things because of that. You know, many years ago, I heard a minister saying this, and I've shared this before, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> um, in the healing school, uh, Kenneth Hagin Ministries, um, this minister, he said he was preaching and teaching. Somebody came up and said, hey, you know, would you pray for my healing? You know, I I'm, I'm have this thing going on. He said, well, sure. Well, as he's talking to him, you had, you had to find out where people are. And you know how you locate people? With words. You locate people where they are spiritually by the, word, the words of their mouth. Well, he could tell that they weren't ready to receive. <clears throat> so he said, well, you know, um, we got a healing class here in a couple hours if you could just stay over. And they said, well, no. Me and my mother are going to go shopping. And like the minister said, I wanted to blurt out, you just told me you have three months to live. And you're going to go shopping. <laughs> another, another lady showed up. You know, she had this incurable disease. And, you know, you know we got a healing class here in, in about 15 minutes. Can you stay? Well, no, today's my day to work in the flower bed. Well, if you don't get healed, you're going to have a flower bed. And you're going to have flowers on top of you. <laughs> you're going to get a free ride in the hearse. But it just shows people in their priorities. People don't have a revelation of God's word. They don't have a revelation that his word is medicine, that his word will quicken you. And so, you know, they, you know, they might read a, a verse or two every month. or That's why everybody in the River Church reads their chapter. Yes. Amen. So he says in verse 18, I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely perish. What? If you turn your heart away. And you shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether you pass over Jordan to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, or to record against you this day, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And, you know, isn't it amazing? He gives us the answer. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. 
that thou mayest love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice and you may cleave unto him. I've, I've always stood on, I've always loved this verse since I got born again. This, this one phrase, that, y'all, that you may cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days. That you may dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. So today, you choose. You have the choice. You choose life or death. You have the choice to speak life or to speak death. And by that, you're going to create things in your life. So your words are powerful. Your words are important. And, you know, sometimes people just say, hashtag just saying, or I'm just saying, but it should be more than I'm just saying. It's, it's something we do on purpose. I'm saying this, or, and if I don't believe it, I'm not going to say it. We see that this is the nature of God. Many times people, people hear this kind of teaching, and if they've never heard it, they think, oh, man, that's just that, that's just weird. That's just, you know, what are you saying? You say something and it comes to pass. Well, look over in Genesis chapter 1. <clears throat> in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was a face upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light, and that it was good. Verse 6, And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let divide the waters from the waters. Verse 9, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. Verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Verse 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly. And so we see all these things. Verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beasts of the earth after his kind, and it was so. Verse 26, and God said, let us make man... In our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing. So that means you have authority over creeps. See, notice all these things were, see, the earth and everything was made for us. We weren't made for the earth. See, um, earth worship would have you to believe that, that you know, you're just here and you're here to, to, to make the earth better. And, you know, if, you're, if you don't, then you need to be exterminated. But everything that was made was made for us. God made all these things. Then he put man in the earth to, to, to till it, the ground, and to, to subdue the earth. And it said he, he blessed them, and God said, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. So everything that God said, it came to pass. Do you believe that God believes in his words? Aren't you glad that God doesn't just say a lot of stuff? Do we really have the revelation that our words are that important? Because there's things we wouldn't say. 
What if everything we say came to pass? What if you're going down the road and somebody cuts you off in traffic? I wish they would just disappear and they were gone. I wish they would just... But see, that's why God doesn't just say a lot of stuff. But his words create. Well, the Bible says we are created in his likeness and his image. The Bible actually says in the, in the Hebrew that we are created a speaking spirit. So God didn't just create us just to exist. We are actually a speaking spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says that we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. And so as a speaking spirit, we're meant to operate in the same way that God does. How is that? God speaks and it occurs. God speaks and creates. Our words create the environment that are around us. So what are you saying today? Well, you're not really having to say much. Well, you need to say something. I heard a <laughs> minister one time, he said, he said, if people would do this one thing, they could make tremendous strides in their ministry. They, if they just went into the duct tape ministry. He said, just put a piece of duct tape across their mouth. Just have a little hole there with a straw where they could have a little bit of food and you know, nourishment. He said, just by eliminating all the negative, they would begin to grow exponentially. Just by cutting out the negative. You know, if you keep hitting your, ha- your, ha- your hand or your thumb with a hammer, it's never going to heal up. Just take the hammer away and give it to someone that knows what they're doing. Well, just by taking away the negative words, you're going to grow exponentially. But then when you put the positive words of God in your mouth, you're going to begin to create something that's good. What's happening is, as we'll see in James 3, you're turning that ship. See, a lot of times people, they're going the wrong way in life. I don't want to go this way. I don't want to go this way. Well, turn it around. Well, if you know these big ships, though, you can't just turn it around on the dime. It takes some, those things go a long way as they turn and they, they turn around. But as small as that rudder is, so is the tongue. It's a small member. But that small member can turn, it says it can control your whole body. Just by the words of your mouth. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11.3 says this. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. It wasn't created out of nothing. It was created out of faith. Faith is a substance. So through faith, we understand that the world's, how was the world's framed? When God created the world, it was created by faith and by words. Don't let this be too simple today. Why? Because the same thing happens with us today. People are creating things all the time, even if they don't believe it. Well, I don't believe in that I don't believe in Mark eleven twenty three that says I can have what I say. I don't believe it. It just worked for you. 
Well, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in, in ha- that, that God wants me blessed. Well, you'll never be bothered with it either. You'll never have it. <laughs> it's like the one person that came up and said, in my church, we don't, we don't have healings. We don't have miracles and we don't have signs and wonders. And, you know, we don't believe in that. So let's see. You don't, you don't believe in it. You don't preach it. And you don't have it. Wonder if there's a connection there. We believe it. We speak it. And the results follow. Amen. That's what the Bible says in Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you've got to hear it and hear it and hear it. And then when you think you got it, hear it some more. Then when you think you know it, hear it some more. <clears throat> Why? Because, you know, what if John said, well, you know, I had, um, had steak back in 95. Let me make sure I don't get, what, what year were you born? 94, okay. <laughs> 2010, let's do that. 2010, I had steak, had potatoes in 15. Well, he's going to starve. Same thing spiritually. You have to keep hearing it. You have to keep hearing the same truths that, that, that built something into you. You got to continually hear them. So God believed a thing and he spoke it. The Bible says that we believe and that we speak. That's the way it, whether you believe it or not, that's the way God set it up. God set up gravity whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not. So you learn to cooperate with it and you'll be blessed. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So what's one of the most natural things that should happen when you believe? If you really believe a thing in your heart, one of the most natural things for you to do is to speak it. In fact, one of the greatest ways you can act on your faith, it's not the only way. The Bible says faith without works is dead. One of the first ways that you act on it is by speaking it. How'd you get born again? You believed it and you spoke it. You believed it and you spoke it. And so this is the way that God intended us to live. See, people think it's something that's far out and something way out there. But it's the way that God intended us to live because we're speaking spirits. We create things with the words of our mouth. Have you ever seen somebody create something and it was bad? I heard the story of this one guy. He, um, he actually came to, a, to, to the healing school one time. Not, not here, but another ministry. And he kept saying this. Well, I know I have cancer. And he said, um, he said, quit saying, quit saying that, brother. You know, they cleared him and he went back and he would have another opinion, another opinion. No, you're, you're fine. You're, well, I know I've got it. Kept saying it, saying it. And then one day, guess what happened? He got it. Well, I told you it was there. No, what happens, he created it. Yeah. 
with his own words. And so whatever we say and we continually speak, there was a man of God who was uh, in the <clears throat> 39 years old. How many know 39 is not the time to go home to be with the Lord? That's not called long life. I will satisfy you. <clears throat> so he was, um, he was a returned missionary. You know, sometimes missionaries, they're on the field, and then they come back abroad, come, come back home, and then they go back out. And, you know, after a time of refreshing and, you know, just go back in, in the mission field. Well, he was dying, and there was a man of God that went to his bedside and prayed. And so he prayed for a couple hours and prayed in tongues and saw Jesus. Jesus appeared to him. Now, he never told the man initially, but he just said, Jesus is here. He's here to heal, to heal you. And... um Anyway, the man got up and um, got out of the bed, did something he couldn't do. He was bedfast. He goes, he kneels at the end of the bed right in front of Jesus. Now, he didn't know he was, he didn't see him. But he said he sensed his presence. He reached his hands out. Jesus had something in his hand that was like some gold-looking something. And like the minister said, he said, I didn't know what it was, how, how to even explain it. And he said he, he had it in his hand. The man reached his hands out, then just dropped his hand and dropped his head down. He went back in the bed. He said, I can't receive. He said, sure you can, brother. Jesus is here to heal you. And he did that three or four times. He went, got out of the bed, went into the end of the bed, kneeled right before Jesus, not even knowing Jesus was there. He sensed his presence. And then he finally said, I can't, I can't do it. He said, of course you can. All you have to do is receive. And um, he did tell him later that Jesus was there. But anyway, Jesus, with tears in his eyes, said, see, I've come to heal him, but he won't let me. He said, he'll be dead in such and such amount of time. And, um, but anyway, he said, lay your hands on him and I'll bless him and um, his last days, well, he sat up and talked in tongues for the last couple of days and, and uh, went home. But that wasn't God's best. Actually, when I started telling that, it was another story, but that was good too to, to interweave because it's your choice. There was a, a person that, um, also 39 years old, and they said um, all through their, their, their childhood even, that's why you need to monitor your kids, what they say. Not just some, sometimes, you know, you just think as a kid, you say dumb stuff that, that means nothing. And, um, but it can have spiritual impact. But this one person would say, you know, I'll never make it to 40. <clears throat> I'd rather cuss than hear that. I don't want to do either one of them. But, you know, it'd be better if someone cussed than they did say words like that because they're setting things into motion. And so what happened is um, they, um, they got to the point of death. Someone went to go pray for them, and the Lord spoke to them and said, spiritual laws have been put into place that cannot be altered at this time. He said, okay, <laughs> you know, and 
He didn't really know what that meant, but he found out later. <coughs> told the family. He said, yeah, the Lord told me that spiritual laws have been put into place that could not be altered at this time. He said, yeah, ever since we were young, he would always speak that and say that he would never live to be 40. He would never, even as a, you know, 10, 12 years old, would say, you know, yeah, I don't think I'm going to live to 40. I'm going to. And so, if that would have been reversed right there, then things would have been okay. But the devil was working on that person all those years. It was a spiritual law. And you know, your words affect you more than anything else. I can pray for you. I can agree with you. But if you, if you don't agree with me, then what, what you believe... See, people can, can say one thing and they, they can go out from your presence, but they believe something totally different. <clears throat> and so you can, have, you can have all the faith in the world. You can have a whole church praying. But if that person believes that they're not going to make it, they're not going to make it. I know we don't like that sometimes, but that's the truth. <clears throat> because God gives us free will. Hallelujah. So this is the way God wants us to live. We should always be speaking the answer. The Bible says that faith calls those things that be not as though they were. So whatever is not in your life that you need in your life, you call it into your life. Hallelujah. This is the way God operates. That's the way we should operate. What does that mean? Kidney, you work right. Lungs, you function properly. Speak to the glands. Speak to every part of your body. Speak to thyroid, legs, swelling, you go down in Jesus' name. You speak, you speak faith over your body. See, a lot of people untrained in this, they think, well, that's just ridiculous. Speaking to your body. People do it all the time on the negative side, don't they? You know, but if something's not working. Or, you know, people, they, they claim certain things, you know. Arthur. My arthritis. Someone told Brother Shambach that. He said, where do you keep it? It was well, because they said it was my arthritis. <clears throat> but see, people say, you know, that's ridiculous. You can't choose that. You just have to accept it. Who's ever heard that? Well, you just have to accept it. You just have to, that's your lot in life. And you know, you know what they say? One in, in four people get this. Well, three and four don't. Well, you know, I mean, you can look at that in every area of life. I mean, people say, well, when you get to this age, this goes. Or when you get to this age. But I know people that it didn't. And I know what the Word of God says. So you just have to believe what the Word says. But I want you to look at Jesus as our example. How many know that no one goes past Jesus? No one is greater than Him. The Bible says that Jesus spoke to trees. (laughs) 
the Bible said that he spoke with authority, not as the scribes. The Bible said he spoke to the wind and the waves. He commanded the dead to come alive. The Bible says he spoke to fevers. You remember, the Bible says that he, um, Peter's uh, mother-in-law is there. And it says she was sick and laid of a fever. She was, but the Bible says that he spoke to the fever, commanded it to go, and it obeyed. And she, she got up and went and cooked supper for him. That's what the Bible says. She came and ministered unto them. And so notice he didn't speak to Peter's mother-in-law. He spoke to the fever. And it left her. So then you get the revelation, can fevers hear? Can disease hear? See, there's a living thing in, in, in sickness. It's death. But the, I mean, it's, it's, in, it's devilish is what it is. Anybody that thinks the, anybody that thinks that sickness is the will of God, the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. They're hamburger short of a Happy Meal. Amen. Because that that just doesn't make sense. And so fevers can hear. If fevers can hear, anything you have in your body can hear. Financial lack can hear. Depression can hear. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Cancer can hear. Diabetes can hear. You know, a lot of people, people, when they hear that, they think, who do you think you are? But it's not who I am, but whose I am. And the Bible says that I have the same spirit of faith as he had. Look at the Bible talks about the centurion. He said, Lord, Jesus said, I'm going to come to your house. He said, oh, no, Lord. I'm not worthy you should come under my roof, but you just speak the word only. Look at the, the, the tenacity he had and the faith he had in the words of Jesus. Lord, if you just speak it, that's all I need to know. You know, it's just like you say, hey, you just tell me and I'll take care of the situation. You just tell me, just give me the word and I'll, I'll take care of that person for you. Well, he said, you know, you just tell me the word and I know that my servant will be healed. Because he went on saying, you know, because I'm a man under authority. <clears throat> and I say to this one, go. And he goes. To this one, come. And he comes over here. He said, I've not found so great faith. No, not even in the land of Israel. What's he saying? I haven't found such faith even with covenant people. Why? Because he believed in the words of Jesus. You had to believe the words of Jesus regardless of the circumstances. Well, I know the Bible says that, but you don't know my spouse. I know the Bible says this, but you don't know my boss. You know the Bible says this, but you don't know that person I have to work with. You know this, but you know, I've had that from birth. I know the Bible says this, but I've had that disease since I was a little kid. Well, it's time to be healed then. People limit the Lord. So do, do we have that same kind of faith that a word will heal us? I, I like what Brother Copeland always said. I've, he said it for 20, 30 years. 
One word from God will change your life forever. One word from God. Thank you, Lord. That's why the Bible says that, that many came to hear Jesus and to be healed of their infirmities. What was it about the, the four that, that took the man up on the roof and he was healed? What was it about that? Well, they knew the healing ministry of Jesus, but they went in there to hear something. They knew there was some power in the word. Why? Because people, they don't, by and large, people don't have that revelation that in the, in the word of God is my answer. In the word of God. So they just, um, just yawn and just, oh, just another preaching, just another. <clears throat> I mean, we've had people say that. Supposedly leadership. Well, I, don't, I didn't come here just to hear preaching. Well, you sure need a lot. You need to sit down. You need to hear a lot and humble yourself. Amen. So the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But faith is released by the words of my mouth and what I say. So what are you saying today? Turn over to James 3. We're going to camp there for just a moment. And we'll finish in James 3. The Bible says in Proverbs that the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. So, when you pour the word of God into you, what's going to happen? You're going to get stronger, but your heart teaches your mouth what to say and adds learning to your lips. I don't know about you, but I've had pressure on the flesh to say certain things. Because the, the enemy, he wants to get that inroad. Think of it like this. Think about the enemy. If, if you would not yield your thoughts or your words to the devil, it would be like there is no devil. It'd be like a, a plexiglass, and he's on the other side, and he's jumping up and down, yakety-yak, yakety-yak. But you don't yield to him. You don't think his thoughts. It's like there is no devil. Amen. How I many know we shouldn't be devil conscious? I heard a phrase many years ago that helped me. Thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith-filled words leads the heart out of defeat into victory. <clears throat> so as you begin to think thoughts of faith, think the Word of God, speak those faith-filled thoughts, it's going to lead you out of the defeat into victory. Hallelujah. And you know, you can just do this right by yourself. You don't have to have any fast organ music playing. You don't have to have a Hammond B3. You don't have to someone, be someone shouting and dancing. You can just read the word and speak it and come out. Amen. Do we have that same kind of tenacity with the word? So look at James 3. He says, my brethren, don't be many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. If in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man. Now, don't let that throw you. It just means mature. 
and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. <clears throat> Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member. How many know that compared to the rest of your body, the tongue is a small part? <clears throat> and it boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body. You know, you can, it can defile your body, it can defile the whole body of Christ. And it sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now let me stop right there. You read that and think, oh my gosh, I don't even have a chance. The Bible says that, that it's unruly evil full of deadly poison and no man can tame it. But that's talking about someone else. I can tame my own tongue, but I can't tame yours. Because he's talking about all these things that you tame. You tame beasts, you tame birds, serpents, things in the sea, but the tongue can no man tame. So <clears throat> that's not talking about your own. You have dominion over your own tongue. And that's the only one that you should be interested in. Don't be interested in, in correcting people all the time. Be interested in, in grabbing a hold of your own tongue. And so you can tame your tongue. Say that. I can tame my own words. He says, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. And I want you to notice this. Who's a wise man and a dude with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not, lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. Have you ever got involved with envy? Have you ever been embroiled in an argument? What's going to happen? There's going to be confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above, which is from the Lord, is first pure, peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. That means it's easy to get along with. You know, that's, that's a good sign of how good you're walking in the Spirit. Are you easy to get along with? Thank you for your amen. Full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. <clears throat> so how does this apply to me? You today are a product of your words. And don't think, well, you know, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to concentrate on it because I'm not going to say anything bad, but you're always saying something. It's just like this. You're always thinking something. There was a lady, she was battling um, really bad uh, mental issues, <clears throat> and um, she came to, to the minister and was talking and said, he was preaching about this, about the, the thoughts that you think, and, and um, Joshua 1.8, <clears throat> about um, meditating on the word day and night. And then she finally, she, she said, well, you can't do that. You can't think on the word all night, day and night. And he said, it just came up in the spirit. You're already thinking something day and night. It's not a matter that you can't do it. You already are. And it's obvious what she was thinking because she was ended up in this bad predicament in a mental institution. He said, you, you, you're already thinking thoughts all the time. So you just had to put the right channel on. You have to put the right thoughts on. So it's not a matter that you can't think. You're always thinking something. So you have to just change the channel. You know, when thoughts come to you, just change the channel. If you have to change it a hundred times, I know what it's like to just have thoughts just bombard you. And you just change the channel. Change the channel. And many times, that's why, what are you feeding on? What are you looking at? What are you thinking about? that you're having to deal with, with thoughts. What do you have to do? Change the channel. But, you know, that can be, you can be sitting in church right now and thoughts are hitting you. You have to change the channel. I wish he would hurry up and get finished. Change the channel. <laughs> what am I going to eat after this? Change the channel. What are we going to do this afternoon? Change the channel. Aren't you glad your thoughts are not up there on the on the where the screen is. What if we could just pinpoint any person here, put the spotlight right on them, and then their, word, their thoughts would go up on the screen. <clears throat> their heart would be on the open road. Amen. So, what are you saying today? <laughs> what are you saying today? Over your life? Over your marriage? Over your kids, over your business, over the call of God on your life. So you can't live an inactive and a passive faith and then blame it on God. And yet you can't even blame it on the devil. Why? Because he says, I set before you today blessing, cursing, therefore choose life. So, I want to, yeah, I want to say that again. You can't live an inactive or passive faith and blame it on God for not having results. So, I set before you today life, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. So, you know, that, that choose to believe good about every person and speak the best about every person. You know, you'll be a, such a, a pleasant person to be around. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life over your finances. Well, you know, I just never have enough. Speak life over it. I have more than enough. I speak more than enough. It might take a little bit of time to get that ship turned around. It might take a little time for that thing to 
Well, you know, they just irritate me all the time. Turn that thing around. You know what you're having? You're enjoying the fruit of it. Well, they just make me sick. They just make me this. They just make me that. And they just do that. And, you know, that person's, you know, people say, well, they just, they irritate me so much they just drive me to drinking, you know. And No, they just wanted to have a drink anyway. Kind of, kind of in a, some things will go on sometimes in the ministry and my wife and I will, you know, you have things come in different sides and, and so I said, well, this is driving us to drinking the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. See, God hasn't left us out. God hasn't said, well, you know, you can't have, you can't have the, the, the brewski, so, you, you know, you're, 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 you're left without anything. No. That's just a substitute for what God has for us in the natural and what he, what, what he wants us to have in the spirit. So what do we do? We drink of the new wine. We drink. We drink. So, some of you just need a good drink this morning. Some of you look too refined today. Some of you just need to let go today. Some of you just need to, to say, pour it on, Lord. Some of you need to drink. You know, you, you can... You know, if, if you don't want to, God won't force you. But you choose. Say it. Say this. I choose, I choose the course of my life, life. through the words that I speak. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you today, Lord, for the choice that you've given us that we can choose according to your word. Lord, that even some people that even think wrongly that we manipulate you Lord, we know that you've set an open door before us and you've set life before us. You've set death and cursing and you've given us the free choice to choose. And Lord, we choose life today. We embrace life, which is you. And Lord, we embrace life, which is speaking your word and having your word. And we speak life, Lord, over every person today. We speak life over every person in here this morning. Life over their their family, life over their business, life over their uh, coming in, life over their going out. Lord, that they're blessed coming in. They're blessed going out. Lord, for a su- we thank you for a supernatural week this week. We thank you for supernatural increase in blessing. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for more than enough. We thank you, Lord, that we are not going backwards, but we're going forwards. Because you have set an open door before us. You have set. We choose life. We choose blessing in Jesus' name. We choose the blessing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you've made us even as you. Lord, that we can speak forth. We can create, Lord, things in our life that need to be changed. Lord, even as we know that we're not the healer, but as we speak words of life, that our body changes. Lord, we don't heal ourselves, but we speak your word. We're not the provider, but as we speak words of life, we thank you, Lord, that every need is met. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.